Hey, Nicole, do you know how Jen keeps asking us to go camping with her? Uh, Yeah, she calls it glamping. (laughs) Oh, yeah, glamour camping. I actually remember when we attempted to do that once before on the porch. Yeah, she immediately fell asleep and is still mad at us to this day that we went to bed. Well, I have a great idea that should get her to stop asking us to make another glamping trip. Okay, what is it? Well, I'm producing a brand new podcast called Among the Dirt and Trees. It's a true crime podcast based on real stories that happen out in nature. Ooh, that sounds super creepy. Not like I needed a reason to avoid the outdoors to begin with, though. Trust me, it is. Anyway, the first few episodes alone are enough to make anyone stay out of the forest, especially Jen. Yes, this will definitely work, and she'll never ask us to camp with her. I know, right? Anyway, here's Brienne, the host of Among the Dirt and Trees podcast, to tell us more about her show. Hey, my name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show that focuses on true crime cases that occur out in nature. I'll be covering murders, missing persons cases, and even a few ghost stories. As long as it happens outside, you'll find it on my show. So tune in every Wednesday to find your next reason to just stay on the couch. I can't wait to listen to these from the comfort of my couch, of course. Where do I go to subscribe? Well, Brienne's show is on all major podcast platforms. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Just type in Among the Dirt and Trees or grab the link at talkmurder.com. Here's a bite-sized preview to get you started with the show. It's no secret that nature has held a special place in scary stories throughout the years. Out in the wilderness, the rules are just different, if there are any rules at all. And sometimes really bad things happen because of that. Nature has seen some of humanity's darkest moments. And in Among the Dirt and Trees, we're going to explore those stories and learn why sometimes it's just better to stay on your couch. My name is Brienne. And I am the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees. In this weekly show, we're going to talk about all of the terrible things that have happened out in nature. So every week, I will be exploring a new murder or missing persons case that took place in a forest, on a beach, in a desert, or just in the middle of nowhere. We're going to take some time to talk about the crimes that only nature knows the true dirty secrets of. And some of the things that you're going to hear on this show will be reported facts. Some of them are going to be my own speculations. Some of them are going to be the most interesting internet theories that I came across. And hey, you might just find a few ghost stories every now and then too. Before we get started, I do have a matter of housekeeping. I have two rules for my show. And I know you're you're a rebel. You don't like rules. You don't want to deal with that. But I hope you'll just bear with me here. First rule is we're going to have fun with this because... I am actually physically incapable of being serious for long amounts of time. Um, So it's just, we're going to have a good time. But we will always respect the dead on this show. I expect it from me and I expect it from my audience. But I do have an exception. If somebody deserves what happened to them, you know, bad guys, probably not going to get a lot of sympathy for me on the show. I'm just going to be honest. I wanted my first case to be really notable. You know, I wanted it to be weird and dark and just, I don't know, different. 
So as I spent time gathering cases and working to find out about all of the bad things that have happened out in nature, and just rest assured that there are enough cases out there for this to outlive me, this show, and possibly humanity. Just all kinds of messed up stuff, guys. But as I was searching, one case really stood out to me. So for the official launch of the show, we are going to discuss the case of Ursula Hermann, a young girl who was buried alive and never even knew it. Ursula Hermann was a 10-year-old girl living in Germany. In September of 1981, she vanished without a trace, sparking a large-scale manhunt. Or in this case, a girl hunt. Like most other people, I think that crimes against children are just the worst crimes. Kids are small, right? They're vulnerable. They can't defend themselves if somebody or something wants to do them harm a lot of the time. So I personally really struggle to understand the kind of person that can take something small and vulnerable and hurt it. But someone did hurt Ursula. And I think the worst part is, is that even they didn't realize what they were doing at the time. Ursula was, by all recorded accounts, just a kid. On the day that she disappeared, she was visiting her family over at her aunt's. Her day was spent hanging out with her cousins and playing, roughhousing, doing fun kid stuff. But when it came time to go home, Ursula left and she was never heard from again. So what happened? Ursula's family was really close to her aunt's. Uh, their, their family homes were only 10 minutes apart, so... It was not an irresponsible decision to let her ride her bike to and from these two locations. It, we've all been 10 minutes or more away from our parents, right? And sometimes, you know, without them even knowing. <laughs> Ursula's mom, she had no way of knowing that when she called over to have her family send Ursula home, that she would be leading her into the hands of some truly evil people. Nobody thinks when their kid is supposed to be home in 10 minutes, that they're not going to come home in 10 minutes. There's no reason for it, especially not at this point in time, especially not in this kind of area. But Ursula didn't make it home, and she was never seen alive again. It didn't take long for Ursula's parents to suspect that something was wrong. Eventually, the idea that she had just gotten hung up or ran into issues with her bike gave way to a real fear. The kind that I'm pretty sure only parents truly know. The fear that something very bad happened to your child. I think part of, like, what stuck out to me with this story is that my mom and my sister were actually in a really um, similar situation. My sister had ridden her bike to the gas station, and she was riding back, and her chain on her bike broke. And she didn't come home. Um, so my mom obviously set out to go look for her. And while she's driving, she sees my sister just pushing her little bike along the road because her chain broke and she just couldn't make it back, right? And I'm sure that that's kind of what Ursula's parents thought happened. Something like that, something normal. But as more time passed, that fear had to really start setting in. Within the hour... The search for her began. Too much time had passed to be justified. And that meant that something bad had happened. So Ursula's family, they set straight to work looking for her, but they found nothing. So soon, the cops and the neighbors joined the search. Uh, they called in dogs to find her, but they didn't find Ursula. 
Instead, the dogs managed to find her bike, which had been abandoned. When they found the bike, everyone knew it, right? You know, maybe they didn't say it just then, but they knew something really bad happened, and it happened in their neighborhood. So the more that they searched, the more that they began to worry. There was a bike, but there was no child with it. They began scouring the local lakes. Um, They're pushing through the surrounding wilderness, right? There's there's hazards out in the forest. And there were just like too many places for her to be and not enough people to find her in such an expansive area. But then they got a hint. A phone call. One really disturbing thing about missing persons cases is like just how many people like to toy with the families of the victims. Um, it's like a really common occurrence for police to receive fake tips and prank tips. Psychics and neighbors and kids have all been known to like throw in false leads. This is really bad for an investigation, right? Police don't have time to go chasing down false leads and not especially when a kid is missing and time is everything in a case like this. To the detriment of the investigation, right? Things like this started coming in and that is actually what they thought was happening when these calls started coming in. But the prank calls that Ursula's family was getting, uh, they turned out to be real. When the first call came in, Ursula had been missing for nearly three days. Her parents were distraught, obviously, and I have no doubt in my mind that they were just sitting and waiting by the phone, like hoping for a call for any news that somebody had found Ursula and that she was safe. Instead, they got a really strange phone call. The phone rings. Ursula's parents say hello or something. And instead of a human being responding, they hear a jingle from the local radio station. I know that most of us don't listen to the radio anymore, right? Um, I'm not paying for Spotify premium to have to deal with any jingles, but it was 1981. Radio jingles were normal. They were kind of the jam, at least until they were used by kidnappers. So this radio jingle plays. I can't even imagine what kind of fever dream her parents thought that they were in. Their daughter's missing, right? And someone calls and plays like a local radio jingle. I would literally think that I was hallucinating. I'd be like, oh, stress got to me. Game over, it's done. I've just disconnected from reality. Nothing followed the jingle. They just, they played this jingle. It was silent, probably because Ursula's parents were so confused and then they played it again. And then they just hung up. The calls kept coming continuously, just call after call throughout the day, playing this weird jingle and not saying anything. It made no sense, right? Someone was obviously messing with them or something. But the truth is actually a little more complicated and a lot more pathetic. After a full day of this insanity, Ursula's parents are just fried, right? They're sick of picking up the phone. They're sick of hearing this jingle. Nobody's saying anything, even when they try and talk to them. And then a letter came. Now, this isn't a happy story, right? So you can just 
probably imagine that this was not an ordinary letter. It was much worse than that. The letter was a ransom letter. And I mean, like, serial killer style ransom letter, like, created using cut-up newspaper pieces. And don't worry, because I know that you're curious. I will be linking to it in the show notes. But the point is, they got a really creepy note with some really bad news. Someone had Ursula. In the letter, the kidnappers made it clear that Ursula was at risk. They also made it clear that the only way to keep Ursula safe was to shell out 450,000 pounds to the kidnappers in exchange for her safe return. That isn't the worst part. These weren't just regular kidnappers that were looking to collect a sweet ransom on a charming little girl, right? They were also completely incompetent kidnappers, and that is where the trouble really started for this case. The kidnappers that had Ursula had devised a clever plan to communicate with Ursula's parents. According to the letter, which I am admittedly relying on translations for because the only German that I know I learned while reading the Georgia Nicholson Diaries, but the kidnappers would contact the parents to confirm that they wanted their child back, right? It's, it's child kidnapping 101. You send the letter and you say, okay, well, do you want them back, right? Uh, But their plan was to call her parents and play a jingle. When her parents heard the jingle, they were supposed to confirm that they would pay the ransom. And when they didn't follow those orders, because they literally had no idea what was going on, because the kidnappers relied on mail, standard mail... (laughs) The kidnappers were frustrated, and that's they, they just kept hanging up on them and then calling back. Ursula's parents are distraught learning this. Just, we had no idea that that's what we were supposed to be doing. And naturally, the letter had a very nice little bit about how if they contacted the police or if they refused to pay, Ursula would be the one to pay the ultimate price for it. To their, I don't want to say it would be relief, but the phone rang later. And they heard the jingle. And the second they heard it, they were quick to just agree to pay the ransom. But this is also where things go from bad to worse. We've all seen, like, spy movies and hostage movies, right? We, When someone's kidnapped, someone is always going to ask for proof of life. It's just kind of a part of the deal. And that's exactly what Ursula's mom did. She asked for proof that her daughter was still alive and was safe. But they didn't give her any proof, and then they just hung up. A little while after that, Ursula's parents received a second letter. This time, the letter included instructions around how the uh, Hermans were supposed to get the money to the kidnappers in exchange for Ursula. In true ransom style, her parents were instructed to pack some bills, used, not new, into a suitcase, which Ursula's father would then deliver himself to an undisclosed location. The kidnappers assumed that the Hermans had plenty of money to spare because of where they lived. And that is just another sad part of the story. What they didn't know was that Ursula's parents had actually inherited the property. It was passed down from generations. They didn't pay for it like everybody else there. So they lived in a nice area. They had a beautiful home, but it was family money. It wasn't theirs. They were not wealthy like other people in the area. 
So they did not have the money to pay this insane ransom. The feeling of powerlessness with that must have just been terrible, but society did what it does. And basically, the neighbors all pulled together. The state came together. They pulled together the money to pay the ransom for Ursula. So all they had to do at that point was just wait for the letter with the location to arrive. But it never did. When the second week passed without hearing from their daughter's kidnappers, Ursula's parents were just more distraught than ever. They had done everything to ensure that they could get her back. And then the kidnappers just ghosted them, right? They left them on red. <laughs> and at this point, the police don't even know if this is a hoax or not, right? Was somebody just messing around with them? Or did the kidnappers decide to back out of the deal? Did something happen to Ursula? They knew they couldn't just sit and wait for nothing. So cops went and they put together an even bigger search party and they started going through designated grids in the nearby forest. After a few days of searching with cops and volunteers and dogs, they found something. The police search uncovered something really strange. Police found something solid hidden beneath the ground. At the time, they had no way of knowing if it was relevant, but they started to dig anyway. Whatever it was, it was not that deep, but it was hard and it definitely wasn't a part of nature. So they unearthed it and what they found was a box, a really large box with a lid. When police uncovered the box, they noticed something pretty strange about it. On the outside of it, there were seven deadbolt locks. So suffice it to say that they definitely thought something was amiss. I don't know if you guys have ever been exposed to something creepy that is locked from the outside. But when I was a kid, I lived in this house. It was a really, really old house in the middle of the city. And it had this basement that was just what horror movies are made out of. It just the creepiest setting ever. It's just small cramped spaces, completely unfinished. But worse than anything, it had a door to a room. On this door were probably five or six giant locks on the outside. So creepy, tiny little white room with a concrete floor that is designed to be locked from the outside. It was what nightmares were made of. Just the creepiest thing. So when I learned about this detail, I just felt that childhood dread kicking back in. But um, the cops said, okay, we got a box. We got to figure this out. So they got some tools. They broke into it. And they found that their worst fears were true. Inside the box was Ursula, and she was dead. 